millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. Child of a free kick. Probably our shooting distance for Ricky Holmes. He's across an opportunity and it's a decent ball in towards Bauer. Goes to flick. What comes to Tixera? Does score! Get in! Free kick for Ricky Holmes. Flicked on by Patrick Bauer. To his centre half partner, George Tixera, who finds the top corner and Charlton have the lead. Well, that was a lovely sw- um, hanging cross. I, always, I said before that it needed to be a face. Uh, I was wrong, clearly. Shall be taken by McMahon. He's put inside the six yard box, headed away by Bauer in the end, but Marshall has it on the edge of the box. Marshall will cut inside in the shooting opportunity. Marshall goes to goal, comes back off front, and there's the equaliser from the rebound. Diang hits it home. Bradford. Pull the goal back. Holmes finds crosses, passes back to Ricky Holmes, gets towards the byline. Holmes drills it oh. Lee Novak. He got oh. something on it, is a couple of yards out. Instead, it's gone over. It was a difficult one to try and yeah, control. He thought it had got enough on it. To his left is Lee Novak in a bit of space. Novak takes a touch onto his right foot. Novak will go for goal, drills it across, right hit. Oh! Tony Watt from the outside, it's got fired wide. Still the back, Holmes chips it forward, looking forward. Bauer and it's a head off! Straight to the keeper by Tejera. Oh, he fancied him to score that. Holmes shakes to take the free kick, gets it in. That's a lovely swinging corner. How did that not go in? Still pinging in the six yard box. Cleared away desperately. Johnny Jackson takes it. Oh! Just over the bar by the skipper. That goes well behind, and that's time up here at the valley. An absolutely pulsating second half. Charlton couldn't get it over the line. A very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. As uh, Tom and Nathan just finished their conversation. <laughs> just a bit of admin for Saturday. <laughs> My name is Louis Mendes. Welcome to Charlton Live. Big match preview here. On Maritime Radio, joining me in the studio is uh, Mr. Tom Wallin, who's uh, the administrator for Saturday. By the sounds of it, yeah, putting putting together our plans for yeah. Saturday. Where yeah. are you going? What booze are you hitting? Players, players. Oh, the players' <laughs> nightclub. I went there a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. That's why they named it after. <laughs> I went there. Yeah. There are <laughs> <laughs> the other uh, boys you can hear there, Nathan Wallin, Nathan. Living the dream. Living the dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Excellent stuff, and you're going to be living that up in Sheffield on Saturdays. We're playing Sheffield United, that's what we're going to look ahead to on tonight's uh, show. Of course, we're also going to look back at Tuesday's game with Bradford City. We've got an exclusive interview with Carl Robinson after that game. It's a very interesting start. I've only actually just listened to that interview about 20 minutes ago. Terry did the interview, and I didn't realise that Carl actually uh, addresses the takeover rumours in that interview. Uh, So that's something to look forward to, something worth listening uh, to. In a few moments' time, we're also going to chat about Esri Konza, because he's done... Uh, he's done the business in terms of getting called up for the England under 20s today. Uh, 
talk about uh, and we're going to hear from Jason Pierce as well I should really I should really should have read my notes before I started doing this bit but we're going to hear from Jason Pierce as well before we look ahead to Saturday's game with Sheffield United up at Bramwell Lane but um, uh, let's start with uh, with Tuesday evening we just heard the highlights there Tom um, second half that was a particularly enjoyable game for, for us addicts yeah I really enjoyed it I think first half we don't really need to talk about it was pretty dull uh, the goal aside um, but that second half I thought we were excellent we created chance after chance after chance against a really good Bradford side who are obviously pushing for promotion um, we had good attacking threat we had players in the final third all those things that we failed to do for the past three months maybe more all came together and the only thing that was missing was, was the, to actually stick the ball in the net yeah it, it was weird really considering um you know the, the way we came out in that second half because in in the first half it really wasn't the most the most fluid of of displays from us was it never and what, what do you think was the the catalyst for for the change in the second half um i, I don't know i, I, I... I said first uh, first half. I think we gave them way too much respect. Like like we seem to, I seem to say a lot. We gave them so much time, and I thought they um, they had their game plan set out so well. They were they were dragging us so much when they got the ball out quickly out wide, and our sort of formation was just getting skewed and then cutting it back in, and we couldn't cope. But um, yeah, no second half. I don't. It must have done a good team talk because yeah, it was a totally <laughs> different side. It was like the. It was like the first half of the Scunthorpe game, wasn't it? Mm. It was like the polar opposite. But, I mean, to go, um, Bradford, they've only lost five games, which is the least of the division. I thought we were unlucky to um, not come out and win. But first half, I thought uh, we were lucky to go in as a draw, <laughs> uh, yeah. let alone, let alone you know, going in as, as a win, well, one we, up. We took the lead in, uh, unlike, well, not unlikely circumstances, because uh, George Teixeira is certainly popping up with a lot of goals at the moment. But certainly against the run of play, mm. uh, um, we, we, we got a free kick that was pumped over towards the far post where... And uh, not for the first time we saw Bauer knock it down for Teixeira to score. I think we saw that a couple of times at, at Rochdale as well. Um, we were just saying off air there. I think it was about time that we, we decided to try and solve our goal scoring strikers crisis by playing a defender up front because <laughs> he's so dangerous in, in the opposition box, isn't he, the Portuguese? And not only that, some of the other goals we've seen, like the one at Rochdale, the header, for example, you know, they're the sort of goals that you see a tall. Uh, defender come and impose themselves in the opposition box but this one he's brought it down on his chest and stabbed it home it's a really decent finish for someone who spends most of his time or supposed to spend most of his time playing in defence and I don't know I can't see why you wouldn't just stick him up there at the moment you'd see Novak although he worked really hard in that second half uh, you know missed that obvious or really easy chance and Mm. struggled really uh, although he's sort of improving now he's getting more game time but Teixeira just seems Taylor made for a goal. He did the same last year as well. Got a fair few. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Novak there. I mean, it's, I know, I know. I think you're a fan, aren't you, big nose, Nath? I mean, yeah. Because I, I mean, what we tell, he has snatched a few chances recently. Um, but I mean, I, I'm not sure. Like, as, as Tom mentioned there, I think I think he does a lot of hard work up front that perhaps doesn't get doesn't quite get the plaudits without the goals. But I think. You know, did you think he's somewhat harshly treated? He's sort of, he's sort of being pointed out now because he has missed these chances as a player that that some fans are sort of getting a bit tired of. But I think the, the amount of work he puts up, and especially when we, you know, we know we need to play two up front. I think that's our best. I know maybe Carl doesn't always seem see it that way, but for me, that's when we've played at our best recently. Yeah, I, I, I agree in a way. I mean, at the beginning of the season, obviously he started and it looked like you know him and Nicky started forming something, and then he got injured, and then he come back, and then he couldn't get in the team, so then. He didn't get the minutes. Then he looked unfit. But now he seems to be getting better with every game. I mean, Tuesday he done okay. Um, I mean, obviously the the, the two games previous, he was. I thought he was brilliant. Um, I think he just needs those runner games, and which he's getting at the moment. Which you know is silver lining when Josh gets injured. But 
Yeah, no, I, I do think he's not harshly treated. I mean, yeah, you know, he has missed a few few sitters, but let's not, you know, he scored an important goal at Fleetwood. He scored an important goal at home against um, Chesterfield. Chesterfield. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he, he's a good play. I just think he needs he needs games and. I mean, at the end of the day, he's getting in those positions where he's missing the chances. Whereas bef- the lot before, say three, four weeks ago, we weren't even creating chances, let alone missing them. So, I mean, it's a step in the right direction. You know, I'm not sitting here saying he's blooming Aguero or whatever, but you know, it's, it, he's a he's a good player. Um, that he, I think he just he's getting better as more as the games he gets now. So, well, don't forget, he got he got 13 goals for Chesterfield in this, exactly, in this division it? last season. And now, so, so we had taken what seemed like a, an unlikely lead at the time, but we couldn't hold on to it until. Until the interval, and uh, I mean Declan Rudds, he, he spilled uh, Marshall's shot there, isn't he? He's come out to Dieng, he's, he's just headed it home. But you know, I, I, I know it was a, a sort of a strong effort from was it Mark Marshall and a mm. low one. But do, do you think Rudd, he really should have held on to that for me? Yeah, you could see his frustration after the goal went in. Um, he was really disappointed in himself, and, and rightly so, because I think a keeper of his quality, uh, he'd expect to save it. Uh, as you say, it came through a lot of bodies, and it, it bobbled, I think, just in front of him, but. He still got a hold on to that, and it was like Nave said. I think we would have been very lucky to go in one nil up anyway, because I think on the balance of play, Bradford probably deserved at the very least to be level. But it's so frustrating to concede in that way when you know we had kind of snatched that lead. It would be nice just to to get in at one nil at half time, and and the team talk probably would be slightly different. But then if that had been the case, who knows how we would have performed second half? So. It goes both ways, I guess, but yeah, it was. It must be frustrating for him. I mean, I, I even saw a few calls on. Uh, I don't think we've had any emails in on this subject, but a few calls for people saying they they prefer to see Dylan Phillips coming back into the side now. <laughs> what do you think about that? Um, I can I can I, I can understand why because you know I think so you're biased because you're mates. <laughs> no, but I just think you know. I think there's going to come a stage where Dills is going to be saying, you know, Robbo, like, when am I going to get a go? Because I think at the beginning of the season it was all set for him to go out on loan again and then obviously it didn't happen. But I think, yeah, he's got well in his rights to ask, but I don't think it's going to happen. Well, you Because know, Rod is a good, goal, a good goalkeeper and he's made a couple of mistakes. But yeah, who knows, maybe Dills will get a chance before the end of the season. I, I imagine he will. Um, I think it depends on whether we're planning to bring another keeper in for next year as well. Or rather, who that other, is the new keeper coming in going to be first choice? Because if he's not and they're planning to get Phillips in and playing more games, give him a run towards the end of this season because obviously Rudd's going to go and that gives him a bit more experience ahead of next year. I mean, how, how old is Dylan now? Must be about 21, is he? Yeah, so, yeah, he's yeah. still quite young. So, But I think he needs... I still He had that season out in Cheltenham, didn't he? But mm. I, I still think he needs another full season yeah, in, in a league... In a league, in a league, sort of. Mm. Um, not he, saying he's not good enough. I he, think he could, he's, he could, he's held his own. He could um, have that season with us anyway. Yeah, he? he possibly could. I mean, and I think it will be down to Robbo, mm. which if he does go. But um, yeah, no, I think every t- when he came in, I think he, 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 he did put well. good shifting, and he, we went through that run when we played Sheffield United last time and Bradford. You know, and we've done quite well against them. So um, yeah, so I think he will be knocking. I think if especially if mm. something happens Saturday. Right, so that uh, that second half kicks off, and and uh, you know we, we we look at a much much improved team. I mean, Patrick Bauer came into the the press conference after, and we and I think we asked him what what the difference was, and he pointed out that he felt it was the the manager's motivational talk, and and um, I think there was there was something interesting. Card mentioned in in the um, in the press conference about how they were showing a video of something at half time, so from from the game at half time of Crofts. I think he said Crofts not getting close enough to someone. And they said they just wanted, surprise me. They just wanted to change. Oh, that's harsh. Harsh. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to change change the way we uh, change, uh, change the way that things that things were and, and, and I found that interesting. 
position because I do wonder if that if, if just what you said at half time did have that effect because we certainly looked a better outfit in the second half and Andrew Cross had a shot from way out and, and nearly, nearly caught the keeper sort of unawares and we, we saw we saw a few chances in that second period I thought yeah that second half as I say I thought we were brilliant that's the best we've played in a long long time and you had obviously the Novak miss and then Watts miss Jacko hit the bar was it Tex who had the header from inside the 6 yeah, yard box yeah. straight at the keeper uh, as you say that Cross sort of speculative shot we had so many chances and it's a long time since I've seen Charlton play like that and as I say against such a strong side so I don't think that's a coincidence something they said or saw at half time made them change their attitude certainly to the whole game and we just played with so much more freedom and, and as Nave says we stopped giving them so much respect and, and kind of took control of the game did you? I mean, because obviously, the, when we when we played Bradford City away from home this season, we we also played quite well. Do you, do you think there is something about us playing the, you know, our record against the the, the top five, top six in this league is, is surprisingly good considering where we are in the league table. Yeah. Um. You know, what? Why do you think that is? Do you think we're better off at the teams that come out of us? I, I don't know. I think is it, we've only lost to Millwall in the top six, haven't we? Mm. So I mean, I mean, that, that that's, doesn't count. Yeah, no, there's no way count, of changing but... it. Is it so. <laughs> But yeah, it, it possibly. But I mean, I was talking to a couple of Bradford fans before, and they said we're the best team up who went up there, and they said you should have won that game by far. You were the best team that we've seen at home, and they probably and they probably were saying it again after the second half. So mm. maybe the shackles do come off a little bit when we play the home, you know, the top six where we've not really got anything to lose, or maybe, or maybe it's a case of when we're playing teams who really do sit deep and we can't really penetrate them. Maybe that's more of a. We've, we're suited to teams coming at us a little bit more instead of Bradford mm. coming to Charlton and going right eleven behind the ball, which mm. they'll never do. Maybe that's the case. I don't know, but it's amazing, incredible how we have de- dealt with quite a lot of the top six. Mm. You know, <laughs> apart from Sheffield United first half, would absolutely mm. battered us. Yeah. Mm. Apart from that, yeah, it's just a weird one, isn't it? But maybe that'll stand us in good stead. And and, and uh, Stuart McCall, the Bradford City manager, did come into the press conference after, and he said something along the lines of, you know. At, at half time, I wouldn't have taken a draw, but at full time, I was happy to mm. hear that full time whistle after that second half. So he obviously showed how much how much pressure Charlton were putting on. I thought the um, the atmosphere, even though there can't have been more than six thousand people in that, in that football ground. I mean, the Bradford City fans were, were great, especially during the first half. But the Charlton fans in that second half, as we were building that pressure, honestly, they made more noise than than, than, some, than we've heard it sometimes with bigger crowds. Here. I thought it sounded yeah. superb. It was it was amazing and. Obviously, having having commentated the last couple of games and sitting up in the West Upper, you see how few people there is in the North Upper because usually I sit North Lower. I had no idea how few were up there. Obviously, it's quiet, but I just assumed that was you know down to the run and everything. So then on Tuesday night, when you hear that amount of noise and you know how many people are up there, it was just amazing. And we've seen every now and again we do it, and especially towards the ends of games when we're attacking the covered end, and it almost sucks the ball into the goal and. I felt like we were doing that for a good 40 minutes of that second half and we just couldn't quite do it. But I thought the crowd, the people that were here, were magnificent. Another in- Sorry, go on. I, was just, I mean, it was like the Scunthorpe game. It shows what what can happen, how your performance changes and just your endeavour and your determination. When you put a bit of effort in, mm. it's just amazing how much extra you win those... Like the first half, we weren't getting nowhere near them. We weren't mm. getting anything. Second half, you put a bit of grit in there and you win those second balls. You get the rubber of the green. You get the bounce. And that, and that's the difference. And 
like you said, that the crowd, the second half, once that happens, the crowd gets up and then it goes hand in hand. It all comes together. It all comes together. Yeah, I think Ricky Holmes definitely epitomises that Jeez, spirit as well. Yeah. I've never, for a player who's like probably technically one of our best, if not our best, mm. probably mm. is our best actually, technically, mm. he's also um, our hardest worker and mm. he, he's the one who loves to find challenges. Obviously, takes it out in the wrong way sometimes, like we saw away at AFC Wimbledon when he's kicked that fella. Mm. But generally, he's the one He's the one who, like, and I think it is probably a lot of it is down to what Robinson mentioned. This is this is the peak of Holmes's career when he's playing for us. Really, he's played. Mm. He's been a lower league footballer. Now he's finally, you know, from what I've seen, he deserves to play at least at this level. But yeah. um, but it's obviously the fact that he hasn't hasn't really much in, in his career yet. That that stands in a good seat. Good evening to Marion, by the way. So she's she's listening. I hope you're enjoying it, Marion. Uh, we, we did have another injury setback though, and it's one of the men who's who's been in and out with injuries and suspensions. Lewis Page is. Mm. It sounds like a nasty one on his hamstring. Didn't look good at the time, and that's uh, another setback for for the the start of his Charlton career. Yeah, yeah, not just for the team, but for him. And I think he's someone who who struggled early on in his career here uh, partly down to the fact that he's been in and out of the team but I thought the last two or three games he's really improved um, I don't think he's by brilliant by any means and I still would have Chicks in there with a full, fully fit squad I'd have Chicks in his first choice left back but what he has done the last two three games is started to to break forward when he's got the ball and he's got a bit of space in front of him rather than checking back and passing back into his centre defenders he looks a bit more confident uh, happy to go out one on one with a winger and make his tackles and those little bits were all coming together, so such a shame for him to get injured again, um, especially, as you say, with with the sort of depleted squad that we got at the moment. Because Chickson didn't look, for me, in that first half, comfortable on the right-hand Not side, whereas yeah. when, he, when he's played on the left-hand side, I think he played there on, against Walsall, I think he, yeah. looked, he, looked, he looked good and he, was, he flies into challenges, and I do like the look of him, but he certainly, when he was when the ball was on the wrong side, so we mentioned that Jacko, I and mean, we've had so many chances in that second half, we had that Jacko free kick that skimmed the crossbar, which would have been a... Uh, a, a lovely return to free kick scoring, uh, free kick scoring form, just in time to face one of his. Uh, yeah. To go back to Sheffield, where he loves to do that. Uh, but then, yeah, full time whistle goes, and um, like I say, uh, I, I, you come away from a game like that where we've played. We're not desperate for results now. We're, I think we're just about going to hover above the relegation zone. And we're not going to hit the playoffs. So we're not desperate for results. So when it's a game like that where you can enjoy a second half performance, you can come away from the ground still thinking, you know, it wasn't too bad. I know people are going to turn around and say, oh, it's only Bradford, we're in League One, all this, this, and this. But relatively speaking, I, I quite enjoyed Tuesday night. Yeah, no, it was it was good, and just because it's nice to see that we're just not going to let the season peter out, even though we're going to fi- finish mid-table League One. But um, yeah, no, it was nice that they, you know, they put, all put a shift in, which I mentioned Tony Watt as well, which I've been his mm. biggest critic since since day one. Really, he worked so hard. He, he yeah. ran himself into the ground, and I thought he was amazing. Did that so superb dummy in the first half, didn't yeah. he? Near the end of it, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and it's nice to see he, again. He seems like he's getting fitter and better as the games come on, and he's putting a shifting. So there was one stage, I think it was the first half, when they they were on the counter. And he ran like near enough to our own box midway and made a tackle. I never would have thought Tony done that, but like I said, you know, it, it's great that we're we're still trying to keep that momentum up and not just think like that Northampton game that last twenty minutes felt like a friendly. Mm. It did. It was yeah. just so mm. dull. But it's nice that we're tr- still trying to have a go because a lot of these players might have to pay, play a little bit to see if they you know if Robbo wants them here next year. Yeah, they're all playing for contracts as well, or their place in the in the squad next season at least. Uh, John Lyons emailed in saying, "Hi, sixteen games against the top nine, only one defeat, and we know who that was against." <laughs> yeah, so our record against the uh, the top nine is incredible, really. Mm. Thanks for that. thanks for doing the maths for us there, John. Chris Davin emailed us on Tuesday night after the game. He said, uh, uh, "So I took my place in the North Upper with about two hundred others this evening." 
excuse me, witnessed another abysmal first half, highlighted by Teixeira's smart finish and rubbed with his weekly mess-up to give Bradford the equaliser. Second half, we were a different team, pressed, attack and created chance after chance, the best of which was a two-yard miss from Lee Novak. So over... Uh, uh, so overall I was entertained didn't get the uh, Robinson's Red and White Army sung from the covered end though far better songs to be sung that don't mention him uh, what is it now with uh, one win in 15, 16, 17 whatever it's not good enough I think it's one win in about 10 or 11 I think at last count uh, and he goes anyway offer a, offer a coffee and bed he sent that on Tuesday night after the game at midnight that's, that's dedication to getting your, your views in uh, <laughs> uh, Chris and we appreciate that thanks for your email uh, right, let's hear what Carl Robinson had to say. Now, this is interesting on more than one front because not only does Carl obviously address the uh, draw with Bradford City on Tuesday night, but he also addresses the takeover rumours, uh, which, as we know, we heard from Richard Cawley on Channel Live on on, Saturday, on Sunday show. If you haven't heard that, you can look, listen back to our our, son, our podcast from Sunday if you want to hear what Richard Cawley had the update at the time. And uh, I don't think there's been too much progression since then. Uh, but anyway, uh, Carl Robertson addresses those those takeover talks as well, and let's hear what he had to say after the one all draw with Bradford. John by Carl Robertson in the studio, and Carl, before the game, somebody said uh, team drawing seventeen games would meet a team drawing sixteen games. The draw was on the cards, but that doesn't tell the story of that game, and especially no. in the second half. No, I thought we were outstanding in the second half. I thought we were we were a little bit off it. We tried a little bit of a different game plan in the first half to try and sort of frustrate them we knew physically listen, at this moment in time it's hard for us to play that way second half all game because we played so many games we have to be a little bit more cuter in our game plan and how we adapt ourselves with that um, but I thought the players once once we got ahead of wind up second listen, I'll go, I, I get so excited kicking that way <laughs> it, it's it's brilliant I do it's, it, the biggest celebration from was Freddie Overstads when he in front of me in the second half that means more to me than a goal it does it just it inspires other people. It inspires nine thousand people and ten other people alongside you, um, and the manager. Um, but I thought our ball retention was excellent. Second half, thought we were way off at first half. I've said now in the, in the two presses that I think they're probably the best team I've played here since I've been here. Might sound a bit silly and a bit naive and negative to other teams, but I thought their ball retention, their quality, their players. I think they'll certainly be a team to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Um, and I thought we made them listen. As much as we were way off at first half, we were way off it and defended very deep and very strong. Their goal was offside, um, and then we missed four or five glaring opportunities, um, and that's frustrating. But it is what it is. And the players meant to, I can accept that, mate, because of their application and the dedication to the team tonight. And thought Tony Watt's work ethic and Lee Novak and, and um, Ricky. I thought they'd give it their all and I can't ask any more from them. It must be, as you said, it was a slight frustration to come off the, the field having uh, dominated so much in that second half and not got over the line. But it must be tinged with a bit of pride in, in, in just I'm the performance of that I second half. I just the players in there, I'm massively proud of their, their application tonight, I really am. Um, so proud of them. I'm proud of the club, fans and players alike. I think it's, a, it's just such a special place, mate. And If these players can realise how lucky we really are, I promise you, I'll drive through Spurs Lane every day and I have a little smirk to myself, even when we were losing games. I feel so fortunate, so lucky to be here. Listen, people know when my career have turned down opportunities to go to, to other big clubs in that. Um, and this was one I was never going to turn down when I got the opportunity. And uh, although things were different in some ways, and, and this was right, I, I feel so fortunate to be here. Um, and the players are, are getting that way as well. I think that, that that goes a long way when you have a sense of reality and a sense of realism of, of who you are and what 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 you do for people. Um, 
and that little bit of humility in some ways, I think it, it goes a long way. Defence was superb in the second half, I thought, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and there'll be a few players still at the club, uh, obviously Johnny Jackson, Chris Solly, who will know that, uh, I mean, that was um, what, less than 10,000, of course, the noise that this place can generate when there's three times that many in here um, is something that uh, perhaps all of those players can aspire to. Yeah, I had a dream a long time ago about my old club, about filling the stadium, uh, and a day that we filled it, it was a very monumental day, and a day that I'll never forget. Um... I'm looking forward to that day here. I feel if we can... I, I know there's issues, I get that. There's always going to be that thing that we mightn't quite get there because of whatever goes on around the place. And and that's something I have to take. This is the first thing. I, I made a phone call the other day and said about asking, is the club for sale? I wanted to know because I want to build a club. Um, I was told it's not for sale. Um, I've spoke to one or two people about bringing in players already. Um and I really want to play, get this place rocking, I really do. And it only You only get it rocking through honesty. Um, I'll make mistakes, I really will, because um, that's what I do, and we all do. And But hopefully them, them mistakes will be outshone by the effort and the dedication that we show to our, and our commitment to this great club, um, and hopefully we can move forward together. As good a performance as it was, especially second half, uh, tinged again with a little bit of uh, bit of grief because uh, Lewis Page, bless him, another, another hamstring by the looks of it. Um, yep. Uh, they're building up the bodies, uh, piling up on the sideline. I mean, it's good that Pierce is, is on his way back. Yeah. Um, but um, well, we'll have obviously we'll, we'll be able to start Ez and, and uh, we'll be able to start Jordan and, and Jake. Um, Soldiers are getting there slowly. Uh, Pierce he's trained again today. He comes that game really well on Sunday. Um, so we're getting there slowly, my friend. We're, we're uh, Souls a little bit away. Um, obviously, the MK Don's game. If, if obviously. We're going to have obviously a few call-ups of international duty, so if that goes ahead or doesn't go ahead, that'll give us a little bit more breather to, to go to the back end of the season. Um, we still got to get a few more wins under our belt and accumulate them points, and then we can uh, we can focus our attention on on, on a promotion and uh, an exciting time because I really, 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 really want to. Obviously, the most important thing in life is make your family proud first and foremost. But I really want to make the people of Charlton proud of their team. And, and walking off and clapping them at the end, it's uh, their moments that footballers should never forget. Even where are we in the league? Seventeenth, sixteenth? Well, I don't even know. I don't walk it anymore. I'm too scared. But look where we are in the league with only nine and a half thousand fans, and how they sort of how they were at the end. Their moments that footballers should never forget, and some footballers never get the opportunity to witness that. And we're very fortunate to witness it on a weekly basis when we perform in the way we did second half and. If you can capture that and bottle that and that unity and that and that and that growth together, it'd be a very powerful place. You mentioned before about uh, uh, you asked the question: Is the club for sale? Is is it difficult to try and keep the players concentrated if they know what's going well, on? Well, that's not really their job. Really, it's their job to fight to play. Because whatever happens, negativity or positivity, um, and football clubs are constantly surrounded by so many different stories in modern day in the modern day industry. Um, but I just wanted to make sure I'm very clear what, what, what was going on I asked the question and I was told an answer uh, very abruptly because <laughs> um, I want to start signing players I want to start buying players selling players getting players in and uh, hopefully we can do that together uh, me and the fans and the players will grow and get to know each other um, and grow as a club uh, my job I spoke to a young kid walking out of a second half you know, asking what position he plays in I said he's a support in Charlton and it, uh, seven, eight, nine years, eight years of age. It's such a family-orientated club. 
Um, and when you when you forge it to 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 acquire and to work for these people, um, it does not half make your job satisfactory when you perform like you did today. And uh, I say it's, it's never been about any one individual; it's about collective happiness. I don't think there'll be many fans going away disappointed after that second half performance. Absolutely not. Um, we go again Saturday. Uh, it'll be another <laughs> tough one. Um, we've just faced Bradford, who are top four. We've got Sheffield United uh, up Good. on Saturday. Good, Because um, we have no excuses. They're going to need the same intensity again, aren't they? But they're going to need more. More quality, more intensity. You're going to Bramall Lane as well. Come on. Chartham with Sheffield United wants a Premier League fixture. And they're going for the league. Not better going into the, into, into the uh, opposition's home. And trying to put a performance on. I think Chris Wilder's done an amazing job there in the players they've got. Um, I tried to sign three or four of them in the summer. <laughs> um, I don't know how good they really are. Um, but I think my players have shown me today how good they can be when they listen and they put a performance in like they did. Well, congratulations, Paul Scott. Uh, remember not to get here next Tuesday because we haven't got a game. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking, well, what's going on? <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you. Jackson, From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. I don't do mine. I let my missus does it. He obviously gets bullied and lets his miss. He does it. Maritime Radio. Uh, that was Carl Robertson speaking after Tuesday's one all draw with Bradford City. Now he addresses the takeover rumours. Now the news has been coming out in dribs, dribs and drafts throughout mm. the week, so we know. Um, I was trying to think what's out in the public domain now. <laughs> so we know that Dave, <laughs> David, we've been told that David Joyce, the finance guy, has been asked to go over to Belgium. We've heard that. Uh, we've heard about the room here at the Valley, which is apparently full of financial documents, which suggests, I mean, that's the sort of thing you get together when you're mm. about to do due diligence, which is a word I've been practicing saying all week. Uh, what else do we know? Um, the rumour that Ronan was, was softer to it now. Um, set this little sign outside a little sign outside if anyone's on Twitter this morning <laughs> someone put up a sign outside the valley that said for sale in Dutch uh, I mean but, but obviously Carl's come out and said he's been told it's not for sale I mean again do you read too much into that? nah uh, not really I think that they're not they're not going to come out I think you guys said it on, on Sunday they're not going to come out and say we're for sale because it just negates their whole position in terms of the wholesaling process um and if anything was to then fall through, it sets them up for even more scrutiny when, if and when it didn't happen. Um, I think the rumours that are circulating, look, there must be something going on behind the scenes. Um, how close it is, obviously, we can only speculate. But uh, to be honest, I now I'm just not really expecting to hear anything concrete until it's almost done, basically. Um, I hope that that... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. That's not too far away, and I hope it really is happening. But uh, until that point, I'm not going to... You know, not going to get too carried away, um, but uh, I do. The club are just going to say that because, yeah, I don't understand why they'd say anything else. Well, if anything is going to happen, you'd hope it happens sooner rather than later. Because as as Carl did mention there, and you know, he 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 wants to get some sort of team together now. He he wants to he wants to start building a squad, and you know, you're going to struggle to do that under an owner that's you know, not planning on being here next year. So really, you, you want it to happen by the start of the summer. Yeah, in my opinion, I think you need it done before the last game because as soon as that season, as soon as the season's finished, players go on holiday all at different times, and it's harder to start, you know, getting people in and stuff. So, if if at least it's done by you know by the end of the year, Robbo will say X Y Z, get rid, you know A B C. I want to try and get in, and then the ball starts rolling. Whereas if you look, if we're, what we've done this year, mm. our pre-season started late. Yeah, Russell came in late, and it, all, straight away we were ca- we were playing catch up, and you don't we don't want to do that again. Whereas if you've done things early, I know bang on about Powerly and stuff, but Power done it early and got everyone in as early, so everyone had a, a pre season together. Everyone's on the same wavelength, everyone's you know same fitness levels, you know, and it's just easier and easier to sort of plan. So, but that's a perfect world. Um, nothing will ever go to plan, but um, we can only hope that it's done. Um, you know, latest end of May, but um, it all depends on what's um, found. If there is any sort of bid, let's say anyway. Yes, I, I hope there is. Um, I mean, the sound, the sound, the sound to me like if, if there there are more than one interested mm-hmm. party. Mm. But I mean, just being an interested party doesn't automatically mean you've got the funds to do it. Doesn't automatically mean you're going to see eye to eye with the owner and come up with some sort of deal that can be negotiated. But you know, there's there's plenty of to, to say. We know we, we know the, about the Ronnie Rosenthal stuff, which was mentioned during the week as well. Um, although, yeah, there's 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 so, there, there, it, there's, there's there's so much stuff out there that it just feels like you know my my gut feeling is there's certainly something going on, mm. and and, and uh, you know that's certainly the way that, that a lot of people are seeing it around here. There, there's well. stuff to cling on to this time, whereas in the past, you know, we've been desperate for a sale pretty much since Roland came in, but you know they've been quick to say it's not for sale and there's nothing out there to suggest otherwise there's so much that seems to be going on obviously a lot of it's speculation and a lot of it's rumor but then there has to be some substance behind it what it is i don't know but it seems like it's gaining the only, the only other thing i'll say is uh, uh, we a lot of us had heard certain rumors before they'd even been put out into the public domain so the fact that there was more than one source mm. that knows this sort of stuff yeah. Um, you know, to me, I, the people wouldn't put stuff out that that that, w- that would be considered a rumor as yeah. such. It is considered, you know, eff- effectively a fact as far yeah. as, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Um, so Simon O'Hara uh, emailed in, said, uh, "Evening, guys. Uh, the BBC website shows next Saturday against Milton Keynes has been postponed, but I can't see anything official from the club. Uh, I presume it's to do with the international weekend fixtures. Any ideas?" Uh, he says, "Great show as always." It's from Simon. Thanks, that Simon. Um, yeah. Nothing's been announced officially yet. My gut feeling is it will most certainly be called off due to the international call-ups from both sides. 
which means pro- probably means we'll have another Tuesday night down here at the Valley. But you know, like I say, no, no, nothing's been confirmed officially yet. So let's wait for the the clubs to. To, to say that officially, but like I said, gut feeling is it probably will be because there's been international call-ups on the on both sides. Right, um, Jason Pierce, we know, has been out since the away game at Bradford City where his groin fell off, which uh, is, is I'm sure is as painful and uh, debilitating as it is. Um, but he played his first 60 minutes of football for the under-23s on Sunday as the Addicts crashed out of the Premier League Cup. I think it was over AFC Wimbledon. A 0-0 draw wasn't good enough to see them through the group stages, but it was good enough to see Jason Pierce having uh, 60 minutes worth of football. Now, um, uh, the club caught up with Jason Pierce during the week. They were kind enough to give us the audio. So this is uh, Tom Robichaux, if anyone wondered what his voice sounds like. Uh, this, is, uh, this is him interviewing Jason Pierce. Uh, this is before Tuesday's game, so he does he, he mentions Tuesday's game as one that's upcoming. But this is uh, how Jason Pierce was feeling after his 60-minute run out against Wimbledon. First of all, how was it? Yeah, yeah, no, I was obviously <laughs> delighted to get back out there, and yeah. it's been a long, long, um, long time coming really for me. It's, it's been difficult. It's the first sort of bad injury I've had, so um, it's been. I've tried to stay quite positive. Um, and a lot of people said, "Oh, it's flown by." But obviously, for me. Yeah. It's been a lot of hard work, and the, the physios, um, the, the SNC coach Ian, have been working really hard with me. So, yeah, I feel like I'm in a good place, and um, I'm hoping that I'll be able to obviously get back into the team at some point in the season to help the boys out. And obviously, you got a taste of it now. 60 minutes. Has that got you even more hungry to get back in that first yeah. team? Yeah, I sort of been knocking on the gaffer's door, saying I'm, I feel like I'm ready. Um, <laughs> But obviously we've got two games coming up. Obviously I think Tuesday comes a bit, little bit too soon for me, but um, potentially I could potentially sort of try and get on the bench for Saturday. But you know, because I've, I've, I've been out a long time, I need to get some minutes under my belt for the under 23. So um, yeah, there's, I think there's a potential game next Monday which I could play 90 in. Um, but no, it's just to see how things go. I'm just sort of taking it day by day now and, and trying to do the right things and making sure um, I'm ready to get back in. You mentioned obviously the first time you've had a serious injury. So how has it been watching from the sidelines? I guess do you sort of feel powerless in some ways. Um, yeah, I mean it's difficult. Um, I, I, I'm someone that I hate. It, I hate it to be honest. I just I, I like to be out there. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's been good, like being able to support the boys. Um, and you sort of see it from a different angle and perspective. Obviously, up in the stands, you, you can see everything differently than when you're out there. It's, it's a lot more difficult. So. No, it's been it's been difficult, but obviously as, as you get closer and closer, you sort of you want to get back in there. So, um, but no, I think the lads have been good with me, like they're sort of saying when you're back, when you're back. So no, it's, it's been nice, but um, but no, I've worked hard and and, I'm, and I can't wait to get back. I heard you were excellent yesterday. Did you have any issues or concerns or anything like that when you were playing? Any? No, no, I felt felt good to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I felt good. I felt I felt better than I thought I would feel, to be honest. So uh, that's why I'll probably come in and knocking on the gaffer's door saying, "Can I get back in the squad?" But no, I just take I'll take it take it slowly. It's been a long time. I have to listen to the physio, who's been been good, great with me. So um, you know, I'm just gonna keep working hard off the pitch, keep working hard when I'm out there, and, and hopefully I'll get back in before the end of the season. Thanking obviously the physios and and the, and, the, and the coaches and that that have, that have helped me along the way because they've been they've been really good and really helpful for me. It's all going to be swinging to the into the box. It's a flick off from beginning. Yeah! Yeah! Oh! 
Good show to grab the equaliser. I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGuinness's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea, but Charlton are back on level terms. From the home of time, time, this is Maritime Radio. Greenwich. Some people think I'm bonkers, but I just think I'm crazy. And I'm just living my life, there's nothing crazy about me. Charlton Live. Hey. <laughs> I wonder how long, I mean, that's about a month old now. That's not getting old, no, that not getting one. old yet, no. no. Nah. Fair play to Andrew Crofts uh, for bringing so much mirth to the Charlton Live studio. Right, uh, some uh, a message on the Charlton Live forum from uh, Ross One says, we want to have a special mention, <coughs> excuse me, for our latest international youth player. And he, and he swallowed my <laughs> face there. I was going to say, what <laughs> is that <laughs> <there>? <laughs> 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 that is that's cheap you was alright referencing I was so shocked by the call up for Esri Conzer uh, to the England under 20s uh, we've got Portugal France and Senegal over the next week or so uh, or over a, a seven day period sorry um, uh, Paul Simpson said uh, this is a quote in the South London Press and a couple uh, uh, in the squad have not been regulars but I've called up Esri Conzer who's been a regular in the Charlton Athletic Defence lately so he's getting a lot of League One football uh, and uh, you know I mean I, I, you always, we've known that Esri is a, a prospect I remember when I first saw him playing against uh, Brentford in the PLD2 uh, final a few years ago and I remember thinking oh, he, he looks a player but are you surprised him caught up to England so early or, or just what he deserves I guess really I think yeah I think if you're playing well you're, uh, no matter what sort of level it is if you're playing pr- uh, professional adult football uh, you know week in week out I think um, I mean to get recognised for England because obviously he's Played, um, did he, he played below that, didn't he? Did he play under 18s or anything like that? 19s? No, is this his first uh, ever? This is his first one, isn't it? That's I think. what I mean. So, I mean, look, Addy started early, didn't he? And then got called up. So, I think, yeah, he, he's deserved it. But, but um be interesting to see where they put him. If they put him at centre off, they put him in the middle. Because um, he's played both, and he and he can play right back as well. So, but no, well, it's um, starting to get to a stage now where we sort of expect all our young players to get called up for England nowadays. It's like uh, mm. it's just a trend, really. It yeah. just happens. Well, Jade Silva's been called up to England under 19s as well because I've yeah. heard that. Um, I mean, the, the the scouts must have seen him sitting on that on that chart bench and thought, well, get him on the England under 19s bench. Mm. I mean, the, we we joke. I mean, Jade Silva is is considered quite a really good prospect. Mm. I mean, and he's a player that's just so many question marks over why we don't see him more often. And mm. we see we seen him twice now in the last few weeks. Shrewsbury and he came on on Tuesday, didn't he? Mm. Uh, you just wonder if he might even get a chance now. Maybe even you know, because I mean, Page is injured again. If we're going to have to play chicks and at right back to finish for Solly, then why not give De Silva a chance? I mm. think so. I thought he looked all right as well when he came on on Tuesday. Mm. Um, and as you say, the rumours were when we got him that he's a bit of a hot prospect and there's a lot of good things expected from him as I say I thought he did alright Tuesday and as with some of the other players he's only going to improve with minutes under his belt so I I personally the difficulty is that then if Chickson's on the right I'm still not that happy with that if Pierce comes back I'd like to see Conza out on the right and Chickson on the left but if not, then I think maybe De Silva's worth a go. Mm. Uh, we had a couple of tweets in before the show, by the way. Mark the Taxi talking about the Tuesday's uh, draw with Bradford said, would have taken that before the game. However, again, if we took our chances, uh, we would or indeed should have won, but performance was so much better. And then Dwayne says, I 100% hope that we have a new owner for next season because nothing uh, will be achievable without the fans on side. He also tweeted me personally saying that if, if he saw a new owner, he personally, I think, would like uh, for, for Carl to be given the old elbow. Uh, which is interesting. I mean, you do get when when new owners come in. Sometimes they do 
often bring in their own man or, mm. or, or want to change managers. So if and when, if anything did happen, it would be interesting to see how, uh, how it stands with him. Now, on uh, yesterday, uh, there was some sad news. The former uh, director and vice chairman, Mike Norris, uh, passed away, but he's, he's, he played a very big part in the club coming back to the Valley. Also before our time, but played a big part in the club coming back to the Valley in 92. I think he... Uh, uh, I think he, he, he uh, with Roger Alwyn, he helped to purchase the, the training ground in '87, the freehold to the Valley in '88, and then in June 1988, the club itself. So there you go. Obviously, uh, you know, slightly before our time, but if you saw some of the uh, uh, the respect he was getting on social media from from fans who are slightly older than us, you can tell that he's obviously played quite a big part in, in getting back to the Valley. And we wouldn't be sat here today if it wasn't for, for people like him. Mm, yeah, he's not someone who, whose name I I knew until I read that sad news today, but. As you say, when you then go in and read the story and find out just how much you did for the club, it's it's one of those that you kind of you've got to be thankful for, for people like that who who came in and did what they did at that time, and obviously a sad time for for friends and family. But um, yeah, I guess from a charm perspective, all we can do is thank him for his part that he played. Because as you say, if it wasn't for him, we and the people around at that, at that time, we wouldn't be here now. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, it's twenty five years anniversary of Back to the Valley this December. Uh, it'd be funny if that uh, if that happened to coincide or mm. with the tw- with the uh, anniversary of something else getting uh, sorted out around here. That'd be nice. uh, right. Let's have uh, let's hear from Carl again. He's uh, don't listen, Charlton XL. He's uh, he's, he's, uh, he's got a preview preview of the game with Sheffield United on Saturday. It's quite a long one, but I was thinking of cutting out, cutting this down a bit. But then the last line really makes me laugh, so it's worth listening to Carl previewing uh, Saturday's tough game up at Sheffield United. Talking to Charlton manager Carl Robinson ahead of Saturday's trip to runaway leaders Sheffield United. Carl, Saturday's match is one of Charlton's eight remaining league fixtures. With the countdown to the end of the season well advanced, are you already preparing for the next campaign in terms of personnel? Yeah. Um, we've been doing that for the last month in some ways and trying to meet people and trying to get um, one or two things sorted out uh, as for the players who are internally in the building um, I'm not going to st- that, that they're on hold in some ways till we get to the right level that we think we can start and pushing out one or two things internally so yeah it's always been a case of ever since I walked in the building it's where we're going to go and how we're going to move forward next season um, but then there's a very small matter of games in the middle of that, which is just as important. Um, because the immediate future is obviously one of trying to win games, and we've not done enough for that of late. Um, and it's important that we start trying to turn that corner and turn some of these draws into wins. Could we see a new look chart come August? You will, yeah. You will. Listen, but I said to the players who are already here, listen, the way they perform at the moment in the last three games has been excellent. Just need to take our chance when they come along. And if we can get this team fitter and this group stronger, um, we'll certainly be a team to be reckoned with next year, 100%. Um, so that's the... When you look at... It's took a number of clubs, i.e. Sheffield United, for instance, five, six years to get to where they've got to today. And five or six difficult years, I don't want to be in that predicament. I want to make sure that we can turn that corner immediately and get ourselves back to the Championship. And that's the aim of everybody involved in the football club. I know it's only March, but have you earmarked the players that you'd like to see here next season yeah yeah uh, there's a number of players yeah <laughs> can you elaborate on that with the, uh, the number I think it's going to be a, well ideally there's 10 11 players that we're looking at um, and it's a, it's a massive overhaul um, and it's important that we have the right amount of players in for next season um, it's, about, it's important the players that are here want to be here as well next year um, and I'm seeing certain aspects in some of the games of people who do and that's important um, because I can build on that rather than demolish it 
and start again. It's important that we build on something, um, and the foundations will be set by the current squad, and the add-on factors will be done in the summer by what we're trying to bring in. So it sounds as though you've got a, a fair amount of room for manoeuvre on bringing players in with regard to budget. The budget's outstanding. They can't have any excuses. You don't want to elaborate on that. Oh, but people, people look and question, say, any motives that are going on, or things that we have to say about what we're trying to do. The budgets are very, very, very well. It's more than competitive at this level. Um, I'm not going to go into great details. It's unfair, but it'd be nice once if we could be sometimes a little bit more open about what we actually do spend, how uh, how this club has been supported in where we should be with the finances. So it's important that we get it right. Um, we're not going to be massively spending, but we, we, we can spend money um, and we can try and build on the club's future. And uh, it, it's 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 it has to happen. We have to find that mentality from somewhere. I want to bring in players who who, 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 want, who feel this is what they've been working for for many years to be a club like this and they'll come here with the right desire and right application to move us forward but I'm certainly seeing in that training room now certain players who also want to be here next year so it's important that I build on top of them At the final whistle on Tuesday against Bradford City a number of your players are completely out on their legs they've given everything will they have recovered in time for the Sheffield United game? They have no choice <laughs> it is what it is it's football it's part and parcel of it we've played more games than any other team in League 1 in, this, in the last 5-6 weeks um, there's only one other team I think or two of the teams that have competed with us the amount of games that we've played um, so it's it's been a very difficult time for everybody involved especially with the amount of injuries that we've had and, and how hard it's going to be with that but it is what it is it's one last push um, we've got a break after this um, we feel obviously the MK Dons game will probably be off um, with the international call-ups so we have a two week window for them to recover and rest and gives me time to test these t- players and do some testing for the summer, uh, which I very really get the chance to do. So it just shows it's not just about the, about the forward planning about what we bring in, but the forward planning what we already have in here. Um, and any player we do like to sign, I'd like to try and get that done before this end, of, before they go away on holiday. So I have guidelines of what they can and can't do when they come back. Um, so it's, it's hopefully it's one last push, and then we've got a little bit of a break, then we have another big push in the back end of March and through April. Will you have players back on Saturday to bolster your ranks? No. Um, listen, like to Jake and Edge will be a lot closer to maybe possibly starting. Uh, Jordan will be fitter, obviously. There's, there was three of them on the bench that had the mental only a minimum amount of time. Um, so so they'll probably be the only ones, really. Sheffield United lead the table by eight points and have won 12 at home. Can you see them being caught this season? No. Not at all. I think Chris has done an amazing job. I think the players he brought in this summer... Um, a number of them I would love to have taken myself uh, but it, but they managed to get the players or the recruitment was superb I thought the manager's mentality when he walked in the door for the type of players that he wanted they were they all replicated each other all the similarities in the personalities and it looked from afar that he was bringing a, a very strong and hungry young team together um, supported by some older players and in January they, what all good managers do they, they consolidate the positions by bringing like Hansen in um, and good players from other clubs like J. O'Shea who's from Chesterfield so they brought in players at certain stages they brought in Duffy in the summer who was a very very good signer Sammy Crothers they brought in in January as we know uh, they brought in some really talented back players in Connell and uh, your backs Landell very very talented they've always liked Basham 
So they built on the certain players, and and what that's they've been able to do from there is is build up a head of steam, and and the autogram are laying the fans are outstanding. The support that they give to their club is, is superb. Um, it's something that I'm, I'm jealous. We're jealous because that's where we want to be, and that's that Saturday has got to be our mental picture in what we go into next season with, and that's where we want to be this time next year. And that's our aim, and that's our our common goal. Um, and I tell you, all them Sheffield United players have worked so hard to get to where they've got to. When you look at Sheffield United, we've drawn at home, and now we're playing them away. Um, second is uh, is a Bolton. Beat them away, drawn with them at home. Fleetwood was 2-2 away. We should have beat them at home, but drew at home. Uh, Scunny, I think you drew with them away, is that correct? And then yeah. we beat them at home. So five of the top six, we've not lost to, home or away. Okay, there's too many draws in there. This is the, there's only Millwall in the top eight that have beat us at the moment. So it's, it just shows you that we've just drawn too many games, um, but none of the top teams have been able to get a, a result. And that's why I want to, it's important to go to there on Saturday and to get a result because it'd be nice to go into the summer and go wow look at this this is the teams that finished the top five and you've more than competed against all of them so are you saying that your players tend to raise their game against the better sides um, I think it's a, it's a mentality concept where I think when we play the big teams that this isn't just not for me it's right the way through the course of the season I think that sometimes we we we've certainly competed against all these top teams and I, I don't think that's Leagues aren't always won by what you're doing against the top teams. It's what you're doing against the bottom ten as well. Um, and we find ourselves in the bottom ten for for, for that reason. Um, and we've lo- I've looked at every eventuality. I've looked at every different component to what we've tried to do to build on for next season. And one of them is to turn some of these draws against the top teams into wins and to, to certainly beat the teams in the bottom half of the table. We have to do that. Have to have more of a, a forward thing. You see, how it was second half on Tuesday is how we should be attacking teams, how we should be pressing, how we should be in the face, and how we should be playing forwards on the front foot. <clears throat> Listen, chances will come and go. Um, we'll take them one day, um, because we have the quality within the group to do so. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very difficult game. We know it's going to be one of the hardest games of the season, um, but we've got to be ready for it, and we've got to make sure that we're prepared for the fight. OK, Sheffield United for the title. Who's going up with them? I don't care. <laughs> Couldn't care. I honestly don't. It's not to do with me. I don't give. I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Robinson, thank you very much. There we go. Carl Robinson there reacting with uh, uh, not a care in the world uh, at the, uh, as to who's going up from League One because we ain't, you know, ain't us, is it? Uh, even though it's not going to be officially announced to tomorrow, I just noticed the club are now emailing round fans telling them that the MK Tons game is going to be postponed. Uh, to cancel their meetings with Katrine. So someone I follow on Twitter has just had an email from the club saying that the game's off. So official announcement uh, still pending, but email announcement's gone out to those uh, who, who are having meetings with the club. Right, um, Mark uh, tweets in saying, Carl wants 10 or 11 players at the end of January. I swear he only was only needing two or three, maybe planning for a major injury crisis. Well, I guess but you know that with um, you know a, a complete turnaround that you have in the summer which we, we always have every summer but one that when you're looking to build a new squad you are going to have more players than just a, a January which I was hoping was going to be a January top up 
is, is obviously not going to happen but uh, the, the summer turnaround is going to be the, the full squad isn't it really it has to be yeah we need it and um, one thing I said a few weeks ago is what we need to do for a change is not not completely throw out what we've got and then throw new bodies in we need to keep a, a nucleus here there, there are five or six players that I think Carl probably wants to get rid of and probably there's a fair few of us that agree but some of them like Forster Cascues come in had ha- half a season-ish under his belt people like Solly and Jackson are still going to be around you know Page has had a bit of time under his belt these players need to stay as well instead of getting Belgian loanees in in January bombing them out in the summer and rebuilding the whole thing we can actually we've got a, you know a base to build on now and that's what he needs to do I still do think we need at least 10 or 11 in because our squad's so small as it is but with the same manager and some of the same players we can actually build on what we've got and hopefully kick on next season which mm. has been the problem in the last few years and for me hopefully a new, uh, the, the most important part of that puzzle like, like you say same you know base of players there's a base of players there's a, there's a spine of a squad if we keep them mm. um, manager there's a manager who wants to stamp his own authority on the club owner who's going to back him all the way that's still up for debate isn't it so I mean if this takeover that you know yeah. it would seem that every Charlton fan I've spoken to hopes hopes that, that it does go through and you know my, my fingers are crossed as well because you know I think I think that would give us the advantage an advantage that we need as long as, long as the right sort of person comes in so we don't we don't know who it is but we know fully well from, from what we've seen so far that we, we, we haven't looked much like challenging for anything under, under Roland Duchatelet and that's why in, in my opinion a, a takeover would probably be for the for the best of the club yeah, no, it will be, and, and then hopefully if it does happen, then we can hit, like Robbo said, get 10 or 11, because we've got to remember, you know, you look at the, the low knees we've got, you know, you've got, well, you've got Olverstad, you've got Rudd, uh, who else you've got, Blimmin, you've got... De Silva, Botarka, De Silva, um, Botarka. And we've got six all together, so yeah. we've missed two. That's what I mean, you've JJ, I can't imagine him playing on Nathan Byrne. Nathan Byrne. Yeah. So, if you just get, if they all go back to their parent clubs and we get six in six transfers in or three transfer we're still on the same sort of numbers see and then you're going to have to add up so yeah we're looking at 10 we're, we're not even touched about any of the other you know if, I know Paddy said that is he going to stay but is he going to stay is George going to stay yeah. this is what I mean you, once you start whittling it down we're going to be quite short if we don't actually mm. get anything else in so it's going to be a big job and, and I think Robbo knows that so hopefully whoever, um, whoever is at the helm uh, upstairs which I think we can all wish for something but um, we need he'll need backing yeah, no yeah. doubt uh, hence probably why the budget is a bit larger than most yeah right a team that uh, has, has probably done everything we needed to do the, uh, this year The like, next year they've done it already this year uh, Sheffield United they got the manager that we wanted for starters Chris Wilder uh, who, who got promoted with Northampton Town last season was on our list and it sounded like it was quite close to coming to us before Sheffield United come in with a, mm. you know, a, a, I don't know if it was a better offer but an offer uh, that, that was man- managed to temp- tempt him away from the Valley uh, although I dare say it, do- it doesn't take much tempting yeah, yeah, especially much, to go to, to, to your boyhood club and now Sheffield United are absolutely uh, walking this league aren't they they're uh, 8 points clear at the top uh, uh, 75 points Fleetwood on 67 then Bolton in third on 66 I mean um, it, it looks like Sheffield United have finally come good yeah they're all but mathematically up and as you say it's been a while coming for them because they were down here last time we were down here and you know, yeah, it does it does tend to work that you know clubs do get their chance but they've taken a long long time similar to sort of maybe Middlesbrough in the championship who just took forever to get up or like Leeds this year if they do it um, but yeah they've been but clearly mathematically as well by far and away the best side in the in the division this year it's going to be a really tough game but 
Tuesday second half of Tuesday we showed what we can do we've shown I think stats have shown that we play well against the top sides you know we we've said several times this season on our day we can be a match for any team in this division I don't see why Sheffield's no different it just depends what Charlton turn up how do you think we attack this game Nathan I mean I'm trying to think of a of the recent equivalent games when we went to Bolton and we won 2-1 but that was in you know very strange circumstances where we were down to 10 men after after just 10 minutes and a goal behind and then obviously we went very defensive having then gone 2-1 up playing on the counter the second half of that game we were extremely defensive do you think we play like that we go defensive and then look to hit on the counter um, I hope not because they, you know they've scored like 20 odd goals more than us but they've conceded around about the same so they can they have they can be got at um the key for me was that is we've we got to learn from our, the home game is and is to keep Duffy under wraps because he run the game at home. He had so that first half he literally won the game from in the first half. We just couldn't couldn't hack it. But um, I'm not saying go go up there and go a gung ho. But what have we got to lose really? I know we are sort of in a relegation scrap really. Yeah. But I would I wouldn't just sit there and have eleven behind a ball. No, I wouldn't. The, the only thing the only thing we're talking about whether we're safe or not. I was just looking at the league table. I keep it's just Port Vale's three games in hand just have have me ever so slightly nervous because we're nine points above Port Vale where they've got three games in hand but mm. and they're sitting in 21st so the top of the relegation zone they're in the yeah. relegation zone the team above them are older with 43 we're only four points above them mm. so now if Port Vale win their three games and get the nine points or or if they just get five points to overtake in out of that three games just to overtake older that means we're now four points above the relegation zone so it's just that that three points is always is, is playing mm. on the back of my mind but anyway um uh Let's have some predictions for for Saturday's game. Well, again, all three of us are going. The Charlton Charlton Live Jolly Boys out in um, the, la- the last few games that Sheffield uh, United have played have been a four two win at Swindon, a three two win at Oxford United, and a three three draw at, yeah, at Rochester. Goals, there's, goal, there's goals at both ends of the pitch. Um, what, what do you reckon, Tom? How are you feeling? It. I'll take a Desmond. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go Arch, with that. Bishop Desmond two two. We'll we'll be lucky to do that, but yeah, let's go with that two yeah. two. I'm gonna go one nil Charlton. Based on just based on the complete opposite of what you just said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was going to go Desmond, but then I thought I don't want to go three three or another one all. So yeah. I've, I'm just going to go for a Jacko free kick one nil. Nice, nice. <laughs> we live in a good old, old days. Yeah. How many goals have there been in their last three games? I don't know about fifteen. <laughs> uh, well, you got. Uh, right, I'll six, go for an eight all draw and six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think we're gonna, seven all. I think we're going to lose the game by three goals. So don't forget, you can uh, hear updates of the game on BBC Radio London, or you can listen to full commentary on CFC Player. This has been Charlton Live. Tom and Nathan, thanks for coming in. Cheers, Cheers. Everyone. See you been, Yeah, I've been Louis Mendes. This has been the big match preview. Don't forget to come back on Sunday evening for Charlton Live as we look back at what happens up at Bramwell Lane. Let's hope it's three points for them rip-roaring goal-scoring addicts. Come on, you Reds. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.